Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. Hope you had a great Holy Week and a great Easter. Glad to be back with you. Our music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Angst and Grace. Today on the show is one of my oldest and dearest friends here in Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Jeremy Cowart. If you've heard our first episode together, he was actually one of the very first people ever on the podcast. It's episode 17. And so you know kind of how we know each other. I used to be the nanny for his kids and and helped him start Help Portrait. And so I just am uh, such a huge fan of them. And his wife, Shannon, who actually was also my real estate agent. She is an incredibly good real estate agent here in Nashville. And she helped me buy my first house here, which is so fun. Jeremy is a photographer, an artist, and now also an author. His new book, I'm Possible, is really good. I think you're really going to like it. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Jeremy Cowart. Okay, what did you want to say? What did you want to jump right into? I finally listened to your episode with the one and only Santa Claus. Oh, what'd you think? <laughs> it's something, it, right? It was like SNL worthy. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I think it's going to be hard not to at least extend an invitation to Santa to come mm-hmm. back. Whether he decides to come back or not is, I guess, up to his schedule. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was pretty... On a total side note, don't you love Dave Barnes? Not related at all. Well, but. what's funny is uh, about, gosh, 13 years ago, a long, long time ago, I did a... It just reminded me of this interview I did with this guy named Dave Barnes. Oh, right. And I was interviewing him as if he was my favorite photographer ever. And I would ask him legitimate photography questions. Oh, I've seen these videos. Oh, yeah. 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 And his answers were... I haven't thought about those in so long. It's a long time ago. Those are really funny, though. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to link to those because I have not... Are they still on your YouTube? Yeah, it's buried buried on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but it's still there. He and Barrett Ward. Yeah, from a fashion... Or from Able now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. How long have y'all all been friends? Were y'all friends in college? Yeah, Dave and I were in a band together for a minute. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, he played drums for me and my brothers. Oh, oh yeah, wow. He was a drummer, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I walked into his apartment because he was obsessed with Bebo Norman and Ed Cash. Yeah. And I walked into his apartment. He and I and Micah ran together, and uh, he was playing this tape in the tape recorder. Yeah. He's like, oh, is that Bebo? He's like, no, it's me. He's like, I'm trying this for the first time. He's like, You're, that's your voice? You know, yeah. I was blown away. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't blame him for being obsessed with Bebo Norman. Every college student from 1998 mm-hmm. to 2002, I think, was. Yeah, right? I mean, I was, too. I was, too. Yeah. Are you real-life friends with him now? Yeah, Bebo. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm working on it. <laughs> I want. I, well, I, he feels like a dream guest for yeah. the show. He's awesome. Yeah. But he yeah. doesn't do music at all anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah, we were all super fans. Uh, and then I'll never forget when Barnes came into my apartment and Green Hills, like, freaking out about this guy this new album he just got about this guy named matt wirtz really yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he was such a fan of words yeah such a fan of bevo ed cash yeah Yeah. and then that's his whole world now he would always do this thing where he bites his nails and listens real intently Uh uh-huh yeah that's exactly right Mm -hmm. that's really funny twirling his hair Uh Uh uh-huh and were you already doing photography back then no i was uh doing graphic design and trying to trying to figure out you know just doing a little bit of everything. I did do a photo shoot for Dave in front of a trash dumpster, which was the cover <laughs> of his first EP, three, then four, I think. Uh-huh. So we were really creative. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is really funny. That that's how, you know, this is your second episode, as you'll recall. We did, we mm-hmm. recorded one 
talking about Purpose Hotel, but I want to talk about Purpose Hotel again today. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we talk about your health and my health and mm-hmm. what is going on? What is going on with our brains, Jeremy? I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. And so you've got an MRI. You're like trying to figure out, mm-hmm. are you having headaches or is it vertigo or what? All, what are all your symptoms? Yeah, about 13 years ago, I was in Africa, and my buddy was like, dude, you can't walk straight. And I was like, whatever, I can walk straight. And he's like, no, you can't walk straight. And sure enough, I couldn't walk straight. So over the last decade, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And I've just always laughed it off and thought it was funny and yeah. klutzy. And then this past year, I was like, wait a minute. It got so bad last year that I was like, this isn't normal. Really? Like, I'm like drunk all the time. Right. So I started um, looking into it all and... uh yeah, there's several possibilities. One, I think, is a disease called ataxia, which uh, affects my walking balance, my hand-eye coordination, my speech slurs quite a bit, especially when I'm doing public speaking, which is fun. Because uh, I look, I walk in, I talk like I'm drunk on yeah, stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is always a good time. Everybody's like, that guy is drunk right now. <laughs> yeah, it's and so it is related to my brain. Uh, there's like shrinkage in my cerebellum. And my lower cerebral okay. and my brain, so it's pretty, pretty legit. So yeah, I'm trying to go to Vanderbilt and just looking into everything I can. Last summer, I did a total revamp of my diet, and I was completely healed for about a month. Yeah, and so that was shocking because I like reverse age twenty years. I was walking straight, running fast, speaking clearly, and like everything changed. And so I'm like, okay, something about food changed me, but I haven't yeah. been able to repeat that completely. So yeah. anyway, yeah, it's a, for sure a journey of trying to just look for answers and trying to go the natural route with food because I yeah. saw that it did heal me temporarily. Yeah. Anyway, but it's, there's a lot more to go into, but yeah, still trying to figure it out. Tell me what it, what it is like to be suffering to some degree physically and you can't sort it out, what are you praying? Like, what are you saying to God in this kind of chronic thing? Yeah, it's a a good question. I think I just want to, (laughs) obviously with four kids, I'm like, man, I hope this isn't fatal. Like, God, please just, you know, give me strength, give me answers, help me figure this out, because there's a lot I want to do and see in life, you know? And so, I mean, being a little bit exaggeratory it's not it's not fatal but to be fair you also your brother passed away young and yeah my brother passed away at 43 of a heart attack and so i think my heart's okay thankfully but anyway yeah just uh i mean extreme scenario i could be in a wheelchair and oh, wow. in a very short time if if i don't find answers if it's this disease that i think it could be but yeah. i don't know yet so yeah Anyway, yeah, there's just a lot. So when you pray, what are you saying? Just, uh, I don't know. Uh, Shannon's a better prayer. She's always praying every night for me. And uh, I just I just want answers and I just want healing, obviously. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a big mystery. But God, just give me, you know, patience and uh, help me, you know, help me be disciplined in all this. And because yeah. I want to just take care of myself. I have not been doing a good job of exercising. So I got to get back on that. I've only been dealing with these with like kind of a chronic migraine thing for probably five months. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has not been that long. Yeah. But there are these days where I go like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just do whatever I want. And yeah. I'll just rather have a headache. And then there's other days where I'm like, what can I do? Yeah. Like, I just feel like a roller coaster. And you know I've never what? experienced anything like this. I did too during the holidays. Yeah. I gave up on all the stupid clean eating stuff. I was yeah. like, screw it. I'm going to eat what I want. And yeah. kind of gave up and got frustrated. So yeah, I go through those too. Now I'm like, okay, I know for sure that everything is better 
when I'm eating right. So I, I, I think I haven't thought about the world of people in chronic pain before because that has never been my world before and I haven't mm-hmm. lived with someone like that before. Yep. And I wouldn't say that I have chronic pain. I just have a, a, an awareness all the time that, that I might get a migraine suddenly. Mm-hmm. But this has been 13 years of your life. Mm-hmm. But has it felt more extreme last year? Yes. Yeah. It, it, uh, got, it got really bad last year. So that's when it was no longer funny. Yeah. 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 So. Does it scare you? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The days that I'm stumbling all over and I have to touch walls as I walk just to kind of keep myself, you know, centered. Uh, so, yeah, it's scary big time. Um, you know, because f- falling in general could actually injure me. You right, know? right, right. Uh, yeah. So the idea of, and I always have this strange feeling in my legs, and so, and that seems to be progressing little by little. So yeah, yeah it's scary for sure. Yeah. But Vanderbilt, we're lucky to live in the city. I know, right? That has such a great hospital. Yeah. So I hope that you'll keep getting answers. I have my first MRI this week to kind of deal with migraine stuff, and it's like, well, yeah. Once we see science, science just helps mm-hmm. to me. Just having like, look at the science of your brain. Yeah, that yeah. No, right. I'm doing. I'm trying to do both. Obviously, I'm going to doctors and I'm trying to the clean health stuff. I'm just throwing yes. everything at the wall to yep. try to figure out what it is. Yeah, same, same. So, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. All good. Yeah, you're all you're good. sitting here. I'm sitting, and you I'm aren't here. slurring at all. Yeah, you're good. the least drunk I've seen you in years. <laughs> so, <Good. laughs> my speaking does feel a little better this morning. So yeah, that's good. It does on the days because so much of the work you're doing right now based on your Instagram is like fine art kind of work. It's not mm-hmm. just photo shoots and not just, mm-hmm. it's things that require hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. So do you have days where you have to, where you're like, I feel great, I'm jumping all in. Like, I can knock out a bunch today. Yeah, the hand-eye coordination doesn't really affect the art. It's more playing okay. playing sports with my children. Ah, <laughs> where okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah. he used to be able to catch that ball. Wow. <laughs> what is going on? I'm feeling really old in my my son Adler, he's like, Dad, come yeah. on, that was easy. I'm like, No, I know it was. I should have, I should have caught that. You know, <laughs> like I get it. I know. Yeah. I'm trying. So I'm like really unathletic now. Yeah. yeah. Um, y'all went from having f- two kids to having four kids yeah. in one day. Yeah, we yeah. did. Will you we did. will you tell that story? Yeah, in three years and one day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we uh, even when we were dating, we'd been together for 23 years now. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, more than way more than half your life. Yeah, yeah, we were 19 when we met and uh, we're 40. I'm 41, she's 42 now. Yeah, I get to hold that above her head because I'll turn turn 42 in like two weeks. Um, (laughs) anyway, so yeah, we talked about adoption our whole you know uh, lives together and uh, finally moved forward after I did some work in Haiti after the earthquake uh, years ago. And it just, yeah, a lot of things came together. And so we started. Before that, did you think it would be international adoption? I think so. Okay. Yeah, we always. But you didn't know Haiti until you mm. did the project in Haiti. Yeah, and, and our friends, okay. Mark Stewart and Aja Stewart, they yeah. were adopting at the same time. And so we went through that with them. And I don't know, all the pieces just came together. And I, <laughs> I love that you have a box behind you that says LOL. Sorry, I just got Right, right. <laughs> we keep all of our laughs in there. <laughs> yeah, Annie has a cardboard box behind her that literally just says LOL on the yeah, side. Yeah, so, good. Uh, I have a book called Life of Lovely, which is disappointing. <laughs> but it right. would be, yeah. but there is one over there that says fun things. Yeah. And it is literally full of um, confetti poppers. That's amazing. So. The book title makes sense. I, I right. didn't connect it but, there. Yeah. But the LOL is enjoyable yeah, to have. It's amazing. Sorry, Captain ADD here. No, I love it. Um, 
so yeah, we started the journey and it took, you know, three years and uh, it was a mess. It was corrupt and we lost tons of money and yeah. the corruption was not Haitians. It was an American about our age that was a white girl in Haiti that was the one that was corrupt. A, no. a white American girl. Yeah. She was the one. It's a long story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like you go through the crazy adventure and the fight to to begin the crazy adventure and fight, yeah. you know, because adoption is hard and it's amazing and it's just, I always call it uh, brutal. It's brutal oh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they've been home four years now. So what happens when, I mean, tell me the process just to the degree of like, did you know which kids you wanted to adopt and then it got mixed up with someone who's corrupt and then you had to go, or was it like, was she at the front or in the middle at the end? She was at the front. Yeah, okay. from the beginning we got connected to her and she seemed really great and legit. And, you know, a lot of people were going through her and, yeah, it's a, it's a mess. But she ended yeah. up uh, doing really bad things. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but then how were you able to still get the kids? I mean, just through, so, I mean, three years of hoops. And, you know, yeah. it turns out our kids were, everything was legal but she was doing a lot of illegal processes with other kids um but yeah we got to meet them early on and uh our day really shows us especially our son he ran up to us and started hugging us and we're like oh i guess you've chosen us yeah it was really sweet and um and so gosh to think that feels like a lifetime ago because four years now they've been home yeah it's still very hard and i mean truly all the emotions um Yeah, some days are anger, some days are sadness, some days are extreme joy, and some days I'm crying at how far they've come and what yeah. a, how far our family has come. And uh, yeah. And remind me, are they biological brother and sister? Nope. They're not? Mm-hmm. Okay. But they were raised in the same orphanage. Okay. Yeah. Because And I think it's really interesting that he ran to you and picked y'all. I bet that comes in handy, that memory, when he is having a hard day. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. And I don't even know that that aspect of it was legal. The way they brought us in to talk to children and meet them. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, but we didn't know it better. We thought right. that was how it works, you right. know. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a mess that yeah, I, I, I try to block it out until right. people right. bring it up again. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Three years of all It was terrible. I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. I remember your hearts being broken multiple times oh, yeah. during that season. Yeah. But the kids are so cute. They're awesome. They're yeah. great. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. And they're just full of energy. How's it been doubling down? You had a boy and a girl. Now you have another boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you like have two sets. Mm-hmm. H- how do they work together? The bigs and the littles. Yeah. Uh, they're amazing. I mean, Adler and Isley are two oldest. are basically adults now. Uh, they're 13 and 11, but yeah. they're so mature and so sweet with the younger two i mean i swear some days they have more patience and grace than i do you know yeah. they're really really good with them i mean there's days of frustration as well but they they've handled it so well yeah I and mean, it's it's our new normal and yeah you know we've we've only had um troubles with with our our older son i mean our our son that we adopted from haiti he's been uh he you know, like many children adopted or not adopted, he came with a lot of challenges. And yeah. so, I mean, honestly, it's the hardest thing I've ever faced in my life to to raise him, oh, uh, wow. for sure. Um, and he has a lot of good days and yeah. a lot of just ridiculously awful days. Um, yeah. 
but I would say overall it's getting better. He's real slow, funny though when he's good. It's a slow climb towards <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah. 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 Um, that's crazy to think Adler and Isley are 13 and 11. Mm-hmm. I was nannying them when Isley was choking on food because she was learning to eat. So right? she was like, yeah. I mean, they were one in three probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. So an eighth grader, seventh grader, seventh grader, seventh grader. Okay. Yeah. So, and all four of them are in school. Yeah. 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 All four. You're all like, of... yeah, I think so. I think no, that's, that's where they go during the day. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> Adler's in middle and the rest are in elementary. Okay. So, yeah. And then I'm about to take Isley to her last daddy daughter dance. And I'm just going to cry all night. <laughs> yeah. Is it through school or is it through church? Through school. Okay. Fifth, fifth grade is the end of daddy daughter dances. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, and y'all have done it a lot. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Every year. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. she like has been talking about her dress for months. Really? Yes. We're going to do it big. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Do you have like extra plans? I think this year is time for the limo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. Got to go big. Will both girls go with you? Yeah, so Evie will go too, and then he'll probably uh, join forces with a couple other dads in my yeah, neighborhood yeah, and, yeah. and their fifth grade daughters. Yeah, because the school's right there. Mm, Krista Trey name. is one of the Oh, other yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because him and Isley, his daughter and Isley are like besties. Yeah, yeah. 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 I always hear about them, their friendship mm-hmm. a lot from the Detrezia yeah, yeah. about how much those girls like each other. That'll be good. That's really fun when your friends, I can't imagine what that is like when you are friends with the adults and your kids become friends by mm-hmm. choice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of how uh, it works when you have kids. You end up becoming friends with whoever your kids' friends' parents are. Yeah, Because you, know? uh, yeah. you end up at all the soccer games together right. and all the whatever's together, all the events. Right. And so, yeah. And then we're best friends with our neighbors who live 10 houses down. Yeah. You know, just because our kids are together every day. Yeah. So. That's really fun. Yeah. Last time you were on the show, we talked a ton about Purpose Hotel Mm -hmm. because you were getting the Kickstarter going and you were kind of like, here's the big dreams. What can, can you update us? What can you tell us? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, uh. It's still happening. It's absolutely still happening. It's funny though, because I keep getting emails from people who think it was a, a prank, a scam, uh, you know, they oh, think gosh. it's not happening because we've been so purposefully yeah, yeah, yeah. quiet for a long time. As you're building it in the background. It as hasn't, we're, yeah. As we're building it. And so we have now our land. Oh, wow. We have our management company. Um, you'll find this pretty funny. We Our land isn't like final, final yet. Yeah. And so we aren't ready to announce it yet. Yeah. But I wrote about it in the book. Oh my gosh. And so it's basically announced in the book yeah. where the land is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I told my business partner the other day, I was like, Do you know we announced the land in the book? He's like, Where? 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 And I was oh, like, of course. I was like, he Dude, did. it's too late to change. Like it's coming out <laughs> April sixteenth. So right. whether we like it or not, it's it's announced. Yeah. You know? And so it'll be downtown Nashville. And uh so we have our huge management company. And I do need to tell you the story about the land. I don't okay. think I've told you this. No, I don't know it. Tell okay, me. so this is a story I'll be telling the rest of my life. Um, so December of 2017, a year ago, December, Yeah. Uh, I showed up to Help Portrait, which yeah. Annie, for those who don't know, uh, Annie and I have a real mutual passion about board meetings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So Annie has been kind enough to be on the board of Help Portrait for years, a yeah, long, long time. Um but Help Portrait was a movement I started along about actually 10 years ago yeah. this year um, where we give photos to people in need. But anyway, that December, I showed up to Help Portrait um, really early that morning to set up my gear. The night before, I had a meeting with some 
landowners where we were building the hotel. And they essentially told me that night, it was in 12 South. Yeah. And they told me that night, look, we're, we've got development fatigue. There's no way this hotel's happening. And so we love it, but not here. And oh, so wow. our land fell through the night before Help Portrait. So the next morning I was really, really depressed, like yeah. back to the drawing board, starting over. So I walk into Help Portrait. I'm by myself here at Crosspoint, yeah. just, down, just around the corner. Santa Claus walks in. Uh, uh-uh. in his big red, you know, Santa suit and he grows his white beard for six months. And, uh, so it's just me and Santa here at Crosspoint. Uh-huh. And, um, he walks in and says, Hey, I heard you're building something special. And I said, uh, well, I'm trying. I said, uh, and I told him the concept of the hotel, which by the way, for those who don't know, it's yeah. a social good hotel. Everything in the building is connected to a cause or a nonprofit. So our tagline is change the world in your sleep. Um, so everything in the building from the soaps to the shampoos to the art to the linens and food, everything will be connected. Um, anyway, I told Santa the concept and he said, um, I said, but our land fell through last night. He's like, man, I love the concept. It's really cool. He said, uh, oddly enough, since 1974, I have owned four acres downtown Nashville next to the convention center. And he said, we're looking for something creative, something that gives back to the community. And so I was like, you're lying to me, right? Yeah. I was like, there's no way. He's like, yeah, would you consider building your hotel on our land? And uh, so fast forward a year of negotiations oh and contracts, we are building the hotel on Santa Claus's property. That is unreal. <laughs> it's unreal. Oh, my God. And so Santa had been showing up for nine years. I didn't know his oh story. I didn't gosh. know he owned land. He didn't know I was building a hotel. Like, God had been weaving that story. Yeah. For all those years. Oh, you know? my gosh. And so that's the story that, that's also in the book, yeah, in greater detail. But, yeah. So Santa and Claus. And so that's where the, the hotel is going to be on Santa Claus's land. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gracious. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. do you have like a when we'll start building kind of? We're hoping to break ground early next year. Okay. Uh, maybe late this year. Probably early next year. And then a grand opening of 2022, okay. which is three years from right now, basically. Yeah. Which is odd because I had the idea on April 30th, 2012. Yeah. So we would open exactly a decade from the idea. Yes. So a decade from idea to completion, which is a long freaking time to wait to bring something to life. No kidding. And especially something that is great about you is you have crazy ideas all the time. I mean, there are some that you hold on to that you just don't let go of. Mm-hmm. And this has been one of those. Yeah. I mean, for three years, I did nothing. Uh, I was too afraid of it and too just so overwhelmed by it. But yeah. every day I thought about it. And Shannon would would be trying to go to bed and she'd, she'd say, like, if you don't pursue the hotel one one day, like, that's the only thing you need to do in your life, you know. Oh, wow. And so we would have those conversations throughout those three years and always knew it was right and of course i wish i had pursued it right away because of three years that i lost you know in the boom of nashville like sure. by now we would have, have a hotel open had i pursued it immediately but it was truly all right in god's timing like there were a lot of things that had to happen before i was ready so yeah, yeah i had the idea at the age of 35 didn't start doing anything till 38 and here I'm at 41, and we're, we're making fast, fast progress. We have a management company now, attorneys and lawyers and designers, and, you know, um, oh, my gosh, how many people that are involved uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, I think we'll be able to show um, 
and I just want to get your reaction while we're filming this. Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to show you this building. Okay. All right. Like the the rendering mm -hmm. of what the hotel's going to look like. You're going to get my live verbal response. I'm going to get your live verbal response. Uh, and so, yeah, this is there's a company in town called Hastings Architecture. Sure. That has, uh, they did the Ryman extension. Mm -hmm. They did uh, Skirmorn, parts of Skirmorn, all kinds of stuff. Oh, my gosh, Jeremy. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. There it is. That's really cool. It's a beast. Can people see it anywhere? Or do we just get, I just get to no. verbally respond to it and no one's ever going to see it until we see it. You get to verbally respond. I hope, to, I hope that it's... Uh, it's so different. It's so cool. It totally looks like what you would build. Yeah. So um, it'll be oh a beast. It'll be big. It'll have co-working, two co-working floors and restaurants. Retail. Oh, really? Yeah. It'll have a music venue a very large music venue okay. for conferences and yeah events and yeah so oh, it's my gosh and it's called purpose hotel mm -hmm. and it, so yeah it's not just a hotel it's a very multi whatever multi-event yeah. space yeah. and um, i have to give really all the credit to my business partner because me michael yeah who you, you know very I well love him, yeah michael went from zero to 60 on this hotel i mean i, I didn't know he was capable of all he's done like michael really? has poured literally thousands of hours into this over the last three years yeah. like sometimes i carry a lot of guilt because he's doing all the work and i do very little i mean obviously it took me 20 years of a journey to come up with this idea and the idea itself is a vault of ideas because yeah. I've, I've come up with all the concepts and all like i've invented the bathroom lighting and i know what i want the tables to look like and the elevator experience to be like and what happens when you into the room, what's on the TV. Like, yes. I think through all those things. Yes. But all the work I've done compared to the work he's done is still nothing. Like, he has just, I mean, there are no words to talk yeah. about the work he's put into How'd it. How'd you meet Michael? Uh, I, swipe, I swipe right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a That's dating it. app, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... Because uh, there's so many creatives who are listening that need a Michael. How do you find one? That's something I talk about in the book. I call it, uh, you got to find your peanut butter. Yeah. Because uh, I'm I'm the jelly and Michael's the, the peanut butter. I thought about that. I was like, even the qualities of peanut butter and jelly, like jelly's messy, uh -huh. and, but has more flavor. We're just a mess in general. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We got to have that smooth, you know, yeah. uh, thing to hold us together. And, and so, he is. I've, I've worked with him a lot with you, mm -hmm. and I've been so impressed with how he handles he just handles everything we are nine day different so how he first met as a buddy i just needed an accountant somebody uh, to do my taxes in yeah. 2005 when i broke off from my design company to start shooting and uh, michael pictures just to be clear yes yeah. pictures somebody introduced me to michael okay and so I, did, I just thought he would be an accountant yeah but it turns out he's a ninja yeah, so. he's so much more. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And I mean, I, I agree with you that he does a ton of work, but also don't downplay that if you didn't know what was going to be on the TV, Michael wouldn't have anything to do. Right, yeah. So no, I, the jelly is important too. For sure. It's incredible. And truly, I mean, I can't underline that enough. Like every creative, if you do want to pursue some big dream, some big idea, don't go find other creatives to do it with. Right. Like start with somebody who is the opposite from you. Um, somebody who's left-brained and production-oriented and, you know. How do you, how would someone go look for that person today? What's the first step, you think? I mean, I don't know. I just know that, uh, at, you know, 15 years of doing this, there's, I've met so many people who say 
I'm not the idea person, but I so love being, like uh-huh. Kyle Chowning would say, I love yeah. getting behind leaders yeah. and pushing the ideas forward. There's so many Kyles and Michaels out, out there yep. that I think it's everybody's own journey to figure out how to find that person. You yeah. know, I just got lucky, truly. Yeah, I have one of those, but we're looking for another one of those to kind of step in and in different ways. But it is one of those where you go like, okay, Lord, you just have to, like, I'm open. Yeah. I just need you to mm. hand us the right person because yeah. and help me stand it and go to the right meetings and meet the right people. And yeah. I said to a friend of mine in December when we were kind of looking, I said, this feels like a scavenger hunt that I'm mm-hmm. just supposed to pay attention to who I meet. Right. Because yeah. if you pay attention to who you meet, a lot of times God is putting these people in front of you mm-hmm. and you go, oh, I, that was not an accident. Right. And exactly. that was not an accident. Yeah. So just and so listening. Michael's executing everything. I mean, not just the hotel, but everything. I've, I mean, Help Portrait mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked without Michael. The board and, meetings wouldn't work without Michael. He comes <laughs> with all the information, and we yeah. just go, second, yes, yeah, we'll do second, it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The the book, the contracts, the travel, uh, the accounting, like everything I suck at, he's really good at. Yeah. And um, it's been incredible. I'm so grateful, more than ever, you know, just so grateful for him. Um, and, of course, you know, every partnership like this has their – bad days you know sure. he gets on my nerves sometimes i get on his nerves um but i'd say we're in a better place than we've ever been yeah and it's been 14 15 years that we've been together now, yeah so that yeah. is insane yeah and now the rest of our lives i mean it truly is yeah my second marriage you know to my business partner do you, you know? feel that way mm-hmm. yeah that Cause you're committed because the hotel i mean it's the rest of our lives you know yeah. so yeah we're we're in this for the long haul Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Jeremy to tell you about my friends over at Samaritan Ministries. You need a way to pay for your healthcare and culturally health insurance is the system we're used to. But does it actually work? Well, I'm here to tell you there is another way. Members of Samaritan Ministries Healthcare Sharing do healthcare differently and it works. As a member, I send my monthly payment directly to another person for their medical bills. Samaritan Ministries just lets me know who to send it to and how to pray for them specifically. Then if I ever have a need, like I have with my migraines, they'll tell the membership to support me in the same way. With Samaritan Ministries, skipping the middleman of health insurance not only allows me to be prepared should I have a health scare, but also it allows me to directly connect with other members in need. It's giving and receiving true health care. Find out for yourself by going to SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash that sounds fun. That's SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash that sounds fun. Now back to my conversation with Jeremy. Do you see yourself, like the first one that'll happen here in Nashville on Santa's land is the first of, once you get that one done, it, it can become a prototype that you can go, okay, let's do that again and so-and-so oh, yeah. and so-and-so. Oh, yeah. so, We've yeah. already had other cities approach us and continue to. And so, yeah, that's going to be fun. I yeah. think once people really wrap their minds around what this is, yeah. that it'll explode. Because it's yeah. not going to be, I think people tend to expect a very soft, sweet, almost like, <laughs> I know you're a big Hallmark fan, but yeah. kind of like the Hallmark version of a hotel. Yeah. And it's not going to be. Not. I love Hallmark, but yeah. we're not trying to make this like sweet, soft, happy hotel. Yeah. It's going to be hopefully a very, I, I tend to, think of it as what would a hotel look like if Nike built it, you know, so it'll be very technology, future forward, bright, modern, you know, non-profity. I love nonprofits, but a lot of nonprofits tend to use the same color schemes. It's the same 
kind of vibe and sweetness, you know, we're kind of running away from that. Yeah. Um, we want it to be compete with the best hotels in the world. Yeah. So it's not just a, uh, the clientele you're drawing isn't just people who want to do good on the planet. It's people who like really good design. Exactly. And yeah. people who are really into technology. Exactly. And, yeah. and all those people can stay in the same hotel, mm -hmm. whether they are one person or three people. Exactly. Yeah. And we're really, really passionate. I would say I'm the most passionate about it being a place that truly welcomes and celebrates all ages, skin colors, belief systems, yeah. you know. Um, it's a huge passion of mine right now. Why? Uh, just because we live in the most divisive times of my lifetime. You yeah. know, in fact, the last two years for me have really been a fog of just almost depression, just like what is happening to our country right now and just people so against each other and, you know, walls being put up between each other. And so I'm really... I feel like all politicians and people in leadership positions say this kind of stuff, you know, like, oh, I want to bring people together. But like, it's the kind of thing that keeps me awake at night. I'm yeah. like, no, really, how do we? Because I've seen it with Help Portrait. Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget being out in um, San Francisco and we had every skin color, uh, every belief system, photographing every skin color and every belief system. I mean, we were photographing transgender and gay couples that day and there were muslims shooting alongside of me atheists shooting alongside of me you know christians shooting photographing christians you know yeah. i mean it was just this i was like this is how it's supposed to be yeah. everybody just loving each other and taking pictures of each other and i mean there were people crying yeah. tears of joy i mean it was it was truly heaven on earth yeah. like that's the most um maybe the most fulfilled by anything work related that i've ever done you yeah know? Just seeing that moment and going, yeah. oh, this is it. This is the gospel in real life, you know? Yeah. It is something to look at that happening in the world and then go, okay, in the art I make or in the house I build or in the family I run, mm -hmm. how can I just invite that here? Mm -hmm. If I can't change our whole city mm -hmm. on first blush, yeah. what can I do with what I am building every day? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a career or whether it's something outside the home or inside the home. Yeah. What can I yeah. be doing to invite that kind of gospel story into my yeah, life yeah absolutely and so you're doing that and i'll never forget getting an email from a guy he said jeremy i'm an atheist but i love help portrait i'm so involved in help portrait and he said well done in getting an atheist to be so passionate about something that is so obviously the gospel oh, you know? oh man i was like oh my gosh i just cried you know yeah. I just could, I could, that was such a powerful and I hope the hotel's the same thing where it's just we don't need to label it the gospel or a Christian hotel. It's yeah. in fact I really want to not only welcome people into the hotel who believe differently than me, but I want to employ and hire and even the leadership position. I want people of all belief systems where I do think we can figure it out how to how to build this thing together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be obviously insanely challenging and yeah but i i'm just why didn't you excited. give up on this one you come up with so many ideas not uh, hear me not give it not the giving up on ideas is bad i have a billion ideas that we go we don't have time to do that that's a mm. good idea hopefully someone else will do it we'll give it to someone else what made this one worth holding on to well obviously the cause is amazing but i tell people um my photo career like even my parents yesterday like, are you sure you want to give up photography, you know? And so many people say that kind of thing to me. 
And I like to think that photography feels like this glass of water. It's like I can see through it, around it, above it. There's nothing left to understand. Like, I, I don't feel challenged by it anymore. Yeah. Uh, when I look at the hotel, I feel like I'm looking at the ocean, just like unknown wow. depths to explore, yeah. mysterious, uh, terrifying. And I'm drawn to all of that. I'm drawn. Yeah. I love learning. I love being in over my head, being challenged. Um, even in my fun art right now, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but yeah. I love it because I'm learning. Yeah. And photography has been awesome, but I, I don't really learn much anymore. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm just doing the same old thing. Right. So I got to keep pushing myself and challenging myself. And um, yeah, the hotel is that times a million because it's fitness and restaurants and retail and stores and online and community and nonprofits. I mean, it's basically everything I love. Right. All in, in one, one building. In, in one idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Do you have, currently, do you have new ideas spinning already? Do you have For the sure. next thing? Yeah. Well. What's with, your Enneagram number, by the way? I mean, I think I'm a four. Okay. I listened to your your one with Ryan O'Neill yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so good. so good, right? Oh, my gosh. I love that guy. I was, uh, yeah, he's insane. Um, I think I'm a four with a three wing. The thing that I most identified with was one time when I read about a four, it said the need to be different. Like I've always had that, just not the need to be better. I don't need to be better than anybody, but I have to be different. I have felt that from you our whole friendship. You've never felt like you were trying to be better than people, but Mm. you always want to do something different. Yeah. 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 I, I, but it's never felt prideful or that you want to be better than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even in you know high school, I had to dress different than everybody else. Just I've always had to go the other way, yeah. you know, from everybody else, which yeah. is uh, both good and bad, probably. But yeah, it's it's inexplicable, but it, yeah. it is it is who I am. What made you finally decide to write a book? I didn't. Uh, I mean that that journey is crazy. Um, you know, John Acuff asked me years ago to speak at his conference. It's like, dude, I'm so not a speaker. I yeah. can't even remember a talk. Um, and then I was like, but I can draw a talk. I was like, that might be a fun idea. Again, the need to be different. I was like, I'll illustrate a, a video and yeah. I'll just narrate it, you know. Yeah. And I spent a weekend, like three days, throwing it together. And uh, it like blew up. It was, you yeah. know, standing ovation. And everybody was crying. I was crying. Um, and then and then I started getting asked to speak all over and tell a story. And then, of course, every time I do it, people would say, why isn't this online? I need to show this to my school or whatever. So then I released it online, and then it blew up further. And then a couple of years ago, uh, an agent approached me, and she said, this needs to be a book. And yeah. so I was like, sure. So she went and pitched, <laughs> she went and pitched it to uh, different publishers. And, uh, yeah, so now it's coming out on HarperCollins uh, April 16th. And yeah. uh yeah, so it's called I'm Possible. I'm Possible. Yeah. The subtitle is Jumping into Fear and Discovering a Life of Purpose. Yeah. And my favorite part of that is jumping into fear. Yeah. Like jumping with joy into the unknown. Yeah. Like it's, that's what we have to do. The book talks a lot about how ideas lead to ideas. And I have, mm-hmm. I'm encouraging people that if you, if you buckle to fear, if you say no to that first idea, you might be saying a no to a lifetime of it. Right. ideas. You right. might be saying no to idea 20 or idea 30. Like right. That's what I've found is that the more I do ideas, and of course many of them fail, but even the ones that fail, I'm learning so much. And so you just ha- you have to go for it. You know, you have to just, it's that whole 10,000 hour thing. Yeah. You know, I spent four years building a social network. Okay, do this. Remember that yeah. ultimately failed. 
But I'm so grateful for that yeah. because of all I learned in those four years about social networks and software and online development. And, you know, it helps me so much in the hotel journey. Yeah. It does feel like what I've, one of the biggest things I've learned from you in this arena has been that ideas are like in a well. And the more you draw from them, the more there are in there. Mm-hmm. Does that feel uh, true absolutely. to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, be, probably a better analogy. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yours yeah, is a really great good. analogy. It's no, really but good. I just have always thought what I keep seeing in your life is the more you go after an idea, the more that come up behind it yep. in your life. How do you decipher which ones are worth your time and which ones aren't? Yeah. So I typically write them down immediately. I yeah. mean, and they usually come uh, like late at night. They always come in times of quiet. So going to trying to go to sleep by myself in the shower, driving, you know, actually they do come at random times during conversation too, but I write them down immediately on my phone just to get them down. Yeah. Then I share them usually with Shannon or Michael or Kyle with people who be honest with you. Yeah. And Shannon, bless her heart, is dead honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's the best about I've that. probably shared two to 300 ideas with her in my lifetime and she's usually like, oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to run to Target. Can you take out the trash? I'll be back in a little while. Like, <laughs> that's her, That's her, her, you know, kind of attitude, which she's not doing that to shut it down. No. She's just, it's kind of, I just share them so frequently that she's kind of used to hearing the yeah. brainstorming. But when I shared Help Portrait and when I shared The Purpose Hotel years apart, she like wept both mm-hmm. times. And that's why I was like, okay, I know I've got a good yeah, idea when yeah. my wife, when I finally made my wife cry. Yeah. And so then I usually wait a couple of months just to like fill it out and pray. And based on the feedback of friends, prayer, uh, waiting, you just kind of are able to weed it out. And then yeah. some I know are good still. I just need to wait. Like I have, I have an idea for a freaking like, not holiday, but annual worldwide tradition on a holiday that I think would be gangbusters. I just don't have the capacity to pursue at the moment. I need a bigger infrastructure around me to to do that one. And I always buy the domain names. So I have all the domain names for all these ideas. And so yeah, like once the hotel is up and going, then I can start to release so many more of these ideas. in fact, one of my, I don't mind sharing this idea because I think it would be amazing, but for the hotel, when um, December rolls around, I want to partner with the rescue mission, yeah. which by the way is the who we are serving that day in Help Portrait, yeah. and it's right across the street from Santa's property. Like oh there's so much like God stuff yes. going on in that story. Yes. Anyway, so I want to partner with the mission and find out, identify about three to 400 people, mostly women and their children, what they want for Christmas, and we'll publish that list to the city of Nashville, invite people to buy those gifts, uh, wrap them, put them under the tree in the lobby. And then every Purpose Hotel. Purpose Hotel. And then yeah. every Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the hotel shuts down to the public and is only open to all those homeless people. Yes. So the hotel becomes a homeless hotel for Christmas. Okay. And then Christmas morning, they all come down and open their gifts together from the city of Nashville. Oh, my God. Like, it would be amazing. <laughs> yes. I would be there, too, and I'd just cry the whole time. I will be there, too. Um, That's such a great idea, Jeremy. And so it's things like, it's like a vault of 10 years of ideas that I just haven't been able, I can't, I just have to wait, you know, yeah. until it's up and running to be able to, the test and it's been hard. You know, I, I feel like I've gone, I've just gone quiet for a long time now and, mm-hmm. and my career just paused. And so it's really, 
it's been difficult to be honest. I mean, it's been a really hard to be this patient and figure out, okay, how do I kind of make a living in the meantime? You yeah. know, when my passion is in the future, I don't make a lit. I don't, I haven't made a penny to date from the hotel, even from the Kickstarter. Yeah. So how do I keep floating and, you know. Because 31-year-old Jeremy wouldn't have been this patient with the process, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm kind of overshooting. I'm still have a couple of shoots that I do, that I have to do, you know, yeah. really. I'm doing yeah. a big shoot for a TV show in a couple of weeks that I have no passion for, but it's a paycheck to yeah. keep, keep me going, you yeah. know. So, yeah, it's, it's been hard to. And sometimes those things, once you get in them, it starts feeling better, yeah? That's what I have noticed with work, mm. that there are work things, if I'm not passionate about it, after 20 minutes, yeah, it yeah. usually stirs up. Yeah, once a, once a shoot starts, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in it. And of yeah. course, I want to do a great job for the client. But yeah. it's not like I'm actively trying to grow my photo career. That's right. I'm actually actually trying to actively trying to let it go yeah. and pursue this fun art thing. Yeah. Um, uh, which, by the way, that was the original passion before before the Internet, before cameras, before all yeah. of it. I just wanted to be a painter. And my parents were like, you should do something else to make a living. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, but that fine art thing never went away. And so now I'm, I'm telling, I told Shannon recently, I was like, if I could just make art and oversee the hotels the rest of my life, like, that's it. I'm good. Because yeah. it's the micro and the macro, the small, like, by hand yeah. pieces and then this massive yeah. endeavor. Yeah. Um, Who's your favorite uh, painter? Who do you like to look at and listen to and learn from? A few years ago, I posted a piece to Facebook, and this my friend said, this, this looks like Basquiat. And I was like, who is this Basquiat guy? Yeah. And it doesn't look like anybody else. Uh, not really. But anyway, I looked up this Basquiat guy, and uh, he was a famous painter in the 80s. And uh, my work did kind of reflect his style, and now I'm like his biggest fan. He yeah. sadly passed away at the age of 28. Oh, he became gosh. famous like at the age of 19, was friends with the Andy Warhol. He was a, from Haiti, a black guy, and just freaking genius painter. Yeah. Um, and so I'm pretty obsessed with Basquiat these days. Uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, I'd say okay. that's his full name. He was good friends with Warhol. They did a lot of collaborations, but yeah, yeah he's by far my favorite. Okay. Yeah. And you've been watching a ton of documentaries and stuff about mm -hmm. other painters as well. Yeah, because in art history in college, I didn't really pay attention. And so now I feel like that I'm truly interested in other past artists' careers. So, yeah, as I create and make art, I watch and listen to documentaries from artists, you know, throughout many previous decades. Is there a way we can make college for, like, people who are 28 to 32 instead right? of 18 to 22? Exactly. Because I think I would have enjoyed and actually paid so much more attention 10 years later than I did because mm -hmm. I feel like the grown-upness from 28 to 32 would have like absolutely in art history it's like yeah now now I care and now I'm interested but yeah, yeah. as a teenager I didn't care yeah you know? no I was like get me out of this class so I can go see that right. cute guy over there yeah. like what am I yeah, doing totally you know? by the way surely you've read the war of art yes oh yeah that book changed yeah, it changed my life. It changed it changed everything. And people have told me to read that book for ten years. And, and it's I've so had, small. And it does not take much no, to read the war of I've heart. had it yeah. on my nightstand literally for ten years. Really? And I never even bothered to read it. And Ooh. just recently I got the audiobook and I started lit and I was just like crying. I was like, This is explaining why I've avoided my own art for twenty years. Mm. I mean, it was like 
reading my soul. It was just really? the whole book. It, was all, it felt like it was written for me. Yeah. But I think the title is a bit misleading because it's not just for artists. It's for every human. Yes. Because it's all about the work you're most meant to do Yeah. Um, and why you avoid it. You yeah. Know? Um, and so I, I've, I'm having Shannon read it, my dad read it, and yeah. they're both like, this is the greatest thing ever. A so. question I want to ask you that I don't think I've ever asked somebody ever on the show is, yeah, why do you think you're on the planet? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, it sound, it feels like no matter how I answer that, it's going to sound egotistical. No, it's not. <laughs> everybody, uh, we, we need everybody. Yeah. What's, what, what is it? I mean, I don't know. I, I think to just listen, uh, to God and try to execute the ideas that he, that he gives, you know, yeah. cause I do feel like all the ideas that I've had are, are not me, you know, yeah. they're, they're, I call them little wads of paper that God is tossing at us, and each of them have messages on them that we're supposed to pick that up and listen and go do it. Yeah. But most people, when they get these wads thrown at them, um, oh, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't have enough money, I don't have a platform, I, I don't matter. You know, there's it's a resistance. It's yeah. back to the war of art, all yeah. the things that keep us from from doing the work we're most meant to do. And so. You know, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm here to be a good dad and a good husband first. But yeah, I, I do have an insane amount of ideas. I yeah. just think I'm, I guess I'm here to bring those to life. You know? Yeah, I think that's that's very true. I think that is true of you. I think, and I also think it. There's just any of us, whether you work in the home or out of the home, whether you're no matter your age, God is doing that. He's putting ideas before you that mm-hmm. we get the choice to pick up or not. And I don't yeah. think there's punishment if we don't. It's yeah. It's just that we were, you know, John Mark Comer, mm-hmm. his book Garden City is all about like we were always meant to take original materials and turn them into something. Mm-hmm. That was what God, that's why the Bible starts in a garden and ends in a city. Like yeah. when God makes everything right, it doesn't go back to a garden. It goes right. to a city because yeah. we were always meant to build. Mm-hmm. So I think that's true. I just think you are a, you're, you are particularly needed. Hmm. On What is on your planet. answer to that question? Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm building a place, but I don't know that I build a physical place. Mm-hmm. But I'm building a place where people can come and and find friends. Yeah, yeah. So That's and good. and in that, I mean, you know, I say a sentence a lot, but when people fall in love with the people of God, they will fall in love with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just. Yeah. That's the next thing that happens, and mm-hmm. so if we, if I can build a place, physical or not physical, where people come and fall in love with the people of God, I think they'll get to know God. I think. One of the things that seems to be missing is people don't know him for who he really is. Mm-hmm. If you knew who he really was, yeah, right? Like yeah. if people knew who he really was, why they couldn't resist him. Mm-hmm. And so can we build a purpose hotel or can I build an invisible place mm-hmm. where we're getting to talk into people's ears Yep, where they know who he really is? Yeah. So good. Right. Love that. Yeah. That's the goal. It's amazing. So, I am, by the way, so freaking proud of you. Thanks. I was looking at just your podcast the other day and all yeah. the people we've talked to and your books and just everything. Like for the listeners, I've known Annie since she moved to Nashville. And, That's right. Yeah, we've already told the Tooth Fairy story. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's been so fun. You're you're such a great example of just, I tell people all the time, like young people, like, how do I, you know, how do I do this? I'm like, you just have to, you know, go for it. Like I've watched so many people younger than me, like you, who just like, built this career out of nothing and it's just so inspiring and it's been so encouraging i don't know i'm just really proud of you thank you i appreciate that that is very kind of you to say and i love that you're putting 
your book, I'm possible out right now because there are so many people getting ready to graduate. So many like mother's day, father's day gifts that we can like slide that book in and go like, Hey, by the way, read war of art and read Mm -hmm. I'm possible and then go and do. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, I'm so grateful you're on the show. I like two, my two episode friends are some of my favorites because the show's <laughs> been on long enough. We're in our fifth year. It's crazy. That people are coming back for a second episode. Um, but you still have to tell us what sounds fun to you. I knew that was coming, and I thought okay, about good. it this morning as I was brushing my teeth. And, uh, <laughs> I love to go to a place out in Franklin where it's just a big room of dart guns, and uh-huh. you get to shoot your kids really and they shoot you and it's the greatest time and so <laughs> i wanted to do that do that with all adults oh my gosh just so all adults all adults doing flips is it like laser no it's not laser tag it's no a it's guns. actual like nerf dark guns <gasps> but they shoot really hard and really fast yeah and it's a big room it's a big gym what's it called like mats and trampolines and so you're all jumping and yeah. dancing and i forget what it's called but i need to well, google it we went there for my kid's birthday recently. I was like, I need to, to need do to this with ups. adults. Yeah. We all need to, because it's such a stress relief. Oh, gosh. And you're all dying laughing because you've never seen your friend do a rolling cartwheel to dodge a dart. Right, 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 know. right. But they yeah. will. Mm-hmm. And so do they, you lose if you get hit by a dart? No, you have to walk back to the base and start over. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you walk and are there the referees? Kind of, yeah. Are there two teams? There are two teams, yeah. Okay. But there's no points. You're just wearing each other out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're just wearing each other That's probably why it's great to take kids, but also Mm -hmm. our whole group of friends, just free for all. Yep. That when you have a stressful purpose hotel day, you need to, or a stressful book release day, Mm -hmm. you just need to like send a mass text of like tomorrow, 4 p.m. (laughs) I need you guys. Exactly. And everybody just show up ready to party. The funniest thing about going with my kids and all their friends was it ended up just being me against Shannon. We were just marrying <laughs> each other out. Shannon's like doing rolls across yeah. the, the mats and then she stands up and I'll shoot her in the butt and then she shoots me in the face and it's amazing. It's good It's good marriage counseling too, marriage yeah. therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're just going to take this to the mats mm-hmm. literally in Franklin. <laughs> yeah. That is the problem with, I have a friend named Brad. And, oh, you know, Brad Harrison, his kids, they go mm-hmm. to and Lindsay. Those boys and I, when we play dart gun nerf gun games you it's it only lasts two minutes because then you have to reload right yeah well that's the thing there's bullets hundreds and hundreds of bullets all over the ground yeah so you're just constantly picking up and reloading yeah that's the trick okay i'm gonna go yeah you just tell me when and i'll go with you but i'm gonna (laughs) all right i'm gonna go that sounds very seriously like way too much fun i have way i think way more fun than my kids yeah it's awesome hey when purpose hotel opens is it gonna be like a Grand opening party that we can invite all of our fr- listeners to. A massive Nerf gun war? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I've got this new idea for the basement yeah. of the Purpose Hotel. Yeah. Um, uh, I just want all of our friends listening to plan in 2022 mm-hmm. to make a trek to Nashville. Three years from right now. Yeah, yeah, three years from right now. Everybody just go ahead and put it on your calendar. I think so, yeah. I think that's the plan. We're going to have this amazing rooftop restaurant and pool and fitness. Fitness will be on the roof. I think yeah. that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. It's going to be freaking incredible. Okay, yeah, so we'll wait. all be there. Mm-hmm. Man, I love you, buddy. Thanks love for doing this. Absolutely. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Oh, you guys, if you're keeping up with Jeremy on socials, you know that he is starting to figure out some of his health stuff that is going on. So if you haven't seen that, make sure you go follow him, Jeremy Cowart, across everywhere. Thank him for being on the show. Tell him how much it mattered to you, and you can get a, also an update on what is going on with him. His new book, I'm Possible, just released. So make sure you grab a copy of that at your favorite local bookstore. 
Barnes and Noble or Amazon, wherever you love to get books. And if you want to learn more about The Purpose Hotel, it is thepurposehotel.com is the best way to do that. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs across every bit of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, you guys. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same, and we'll see you back here on Thursday.